Welcome to Southside Student Ministries podcast, where we are all about developing students into lifelong followers of Jesus. We trust that the message that you are about to listen to will help you know God better and help you live a transformed life. If you have any questions about what you heard, please visit us online at www.southsidestudentmen.com. Thank you for listening. When I say the word difference maker, something might pop up in your head. You might think of specific people. You might think of organizations. You might think of companies. You might think of even schools, colleges, um, these places that go out and do these crazy, amazing things like University of Michigan with medicine. You might be thinking of people like, you know, uh, Winston Churchill over in England back in World War II, famous authors that have changed the world just with their writing. Um, What about Steve Jobs? He kind of literally transformed how we do technology. The smartphone that you have in your pocket right now, if you have one, is literally because of Steve Jobs. Without Steve Jobs, there would be no smartphone, no app store, I don't care. Does Apple do anything now? Not really. But without Steve Jobs, you would not have a smartphone in your pocket. Um, Even with things with philosophy with Socrates, things with art with Picasso, we have these people that are all massive difference makers, but they made differences in different ways, shapes, or forms just based on who they were, what they were trying to accomplish, and what area of life they were in. But this weekend, we're celebrating one specific man who was a difference maker. Who are we celebrating uh, tomorrow. Yeah, who are we celebrating tomorrow who was a difference maker? Yeah, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This uh, Tomorrow, the entire country will actually honor a man that gave his life to do something bigger than himself. As many of you guys know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he was a... Um, He was a a social advocate for the racial tension. He wanted there to be no difference between the black and the white and the Mexican and Hispanic. It doesn't matter. If you're in America, you're an American. That's it. And he did it off of one main premise. We're all humans. We're all made in the image of God. Even the Declaration of Independence even says that all men are created equal. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s sole mission in life was for people to realize that and tear down the racial wall. Now, the issue is right now is we still have a racial wall in our country. And in fact, I don't think the racism problem will ever go away until Jesus comes back. We actually talked about that last year. Remember that? Uncensored 2.0? We talked about racism and why there's racism. And really, racism goes way deeper than just hating another race. It starts at that problem of sin and thinking you're better than somebody else. That's where the root of racism actually starts. That will never go away until Jesus comes back. But Dr. Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made so many strides in this area that we actually gave a day, a holiday to him. We canceled school. The post office shuts down. The government, if it was actually up and running, would have been shut down as well tomorrow. So we'll give them day off tomorrow because eh, they're not doing anything anyways. So, But we gave this man the honor of having an official day in our calendar because he was a difference maker. And he never stopped until someone actually stopped him. We remember him every single year because he decided to make a difference. But I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did not set out to be a social justice warrior. That was actually never the goal. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I don't know if you know the story of Martin Luther King Jr. a lot. Before Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. was a social activist like what we saw, did you guys know he was actually a pastor? He was actually the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, he actually had like the, the, the term doctor. Most people don't like to talk about what he got his doctorate in. He actually got his doctorate in systematic theology, which basically is the study of the Bible and the study of God and how it all works. 
basically what my master's was, I have a master's of theological studies. He got his, not just master's, he got his PhD in that. In fact, he got it before he was even 25 years old. He graduated with his PhD at 25, and he became a pastor of a church down in Alabama at the age of 25. I am 27. So if I was Martin Luther King Jr., I would already have my PhD and been a senior pastor for two years. That sounds terrifying, and I ain't going to do that. But Martin Luther King Jr., before he was a social activist, he was a pastor. In fact, they had a lot of interviews with uh, past um, staff members. People who were part of his church. Um, people just in the community who knew, Martin, or who knew Martin Luther King Jr., not as a social activist, but as the pastor. And they said, hey, what made this man great? What set this man apart? What actually made him who he was? And they answered in two different ways. Um, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, they said congregants and Martin and the former staff that worked with Martin Luther King Jr. focused on many things, but they all put, um, I'm trying to think how to word this right. They said that, that he put a great deal of focus on his preaching, you know, actually like teaching the Bible, teaching people about Jesus. He put a lot of time into preaching and he also put a lot of time in just being there for people. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did not start as this great, great, great social rights activist that we see, but he started as just a man in a pulpit who loved people. That was it. He had a love for people which drove him to become the social activist that he saw. He was a preacher who actually wanted to preach what the Bible said and what Jesus actually taught. And he didn't just teach it. He actually decided that he was going to go live it. He didn't want to be a civil rights leader, but he felt like he had to because of one reason and one reason alone. Because Jesus told him to. Because Jesus actually told him that he needed to do this. Last week, we talked about being a difference maker, right? We started the conversation of what does it mean to be a difference maker? How can you do it? And we talked about in order to be a difference maker, you have to give up something. You actually have to throw off something to go be something else. What was that one thing we talked about last week that we had to get rid of to be a difference maker? The word starts with a C. Yeah, Hannah. Comfort. Comfort. If you choose to stay comfortable, you will never make a difference. If you stay in your lane and never go out and do something different, you will never change the game. If you're content where you are and you're just going to do this until the day you die, you will not make a difference anywhere. We talked about that in order to go do it, you have to um, actually throw it off, take the steps of faith, go and do something awesome. But here's the deal. Jesus calls us to be a difference maker, but here's the question. What should drive that decision to be a difference maker? To go be one, you got to throw off comfort. You got to do something uncomfortable to go do something awesome. But what should drive your decision to actually go and be a difference maker? It should not be popularity. It should not be the pat on the back that we all like to get. It should not be because we want people to praise us actually in the streets, in our homes, in our communities. But we should strive to be a difference maker for one reason and one reason alone. And just like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. got it from Jesus, we're going to get it from Jesus too. So grab your Bibles, go to Matthew 22 real quick. Matthew 22, real fast. If you don't have a Bible, we got a Bibles in the back. If you want, you can put your hand up. We'll get one to you. We'll get one to you if you need a Bible. Loud and proud. There you go, Benny. Do people call you Benny? Good, because that would drive me nuts. When people used to call me Timmy as a kid, I'd get really mad. Okay, so my, uh, to me. So, all right, here you go. Matthew 22, we're just going to read just a few verses, and it's one that you all actually know and probably have memorized in some way, shape, or form. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. 
Matthew 22, 36 through 40. You there, Huffman? Yep. Can you read that for us? Sure. Which is the great commandment in the law? He said unto them, Thou shalt love thy Lord, the love of the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like unto it is, oh, sorry. The second, like unto it is this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, the whole law hangeth and the prophets. Awesome, thank you. So last week we looked at something called the Great Commission. Jesus saying, go into all the world, be my disciples, make more disciples, change the world, go do something awesome. This week we're looking at something called the Great Commandments. And in this Great Commandments, we focus a lot of times on what does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love others? But a lot of times we miss an underlining part of this text. We look at, yeah, we're supposed to love God, we're supposed to love others, that's cool, that's awesome. But we forget that in order to love others, we first need to actually do something as well. In this commandment, we find exactly how and why Jesus wants us to live as different makers. We know that Jesus wants us to change the world, but this is the motivation and the reason why and why we should change the world. In this passage, there's an underlining theme, and it's what we're going to be focusing on tonight. Now, we're going to do more of an exercise. It's going to be less of me teaching, more of you thinking, and it's going to suck. I'm going to be honest. It's going to hurt. It's going to be very, very hard. When I was writing this, I was like, I don't want to answer this question. We're going to be looking at something that causes us to focus less on ourselves and more of others. In the great uh, commandments, we see you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It sounds kind of easy, doesn't it? It kind of sounds easy that we can just love ourselves, or not, not love ourselves, but love our neighbor as ourselves, but it's extremely difficult. And the fact as American Christians, American teenagers, it's extremely hard, extremely complicated, complex issues that we have to handle because we like to get stuck on, you ready? Our problems, our wants, our desires, our friends, our groups, our cliques, our ideas, our this, our this, me, 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 my, my, my. I want it, I want it now, and I want it done in my way. As Americans, this is me specifically, I like to focus on myself. But in order to truly be a difference maker, we have to do one thing and one thing only. Last week, we had to take off comfort to go be difference makers. Today, we're talking about you got to take the focus off of yourself and put the focus on someone else. To be a difference maker, write this down. To be a difference maker, I must focus less on me and more on others. To be a difference maker, I must focus more on me. Oh, sorry. Back that up. To be a difference maker, I need to focus less on me and more on others. Leanne looked at me like, what did you just say? <laughs> sounds, that sounds great. Let's do this. To be a difference maker, we got to stop focusing on me and we got to turn our focus on to other people. But here's the deal, okay? If you've been with, you know, with us here at SM for at least four or five years, we talk about this passage, what, at least like once a semester, Eli? Like maybe once a semester, maybe at least once a year. You've heard this passage over and over and over. If you've grown up in church, you probably had this thing memorized in a while. It's one of the first verses that they actually make you memorize is to love God and to love others. Our college, I heard this every single day at Northland, literally every single day. What are you supposed to do? Love God, love others. In fact, we had no rules at Northland. Like literally at Northland, we had no rules. Our rule was love God and love others. So if you did not make your bed, it wasn't because, you know, you were just lazy. You must not love 
others because if you really loved others, you would have made your bed and cleaned up your crap so your other friend wouldn't have to deal with it. Oh, and since you weren't loving that person by doing it, you weren't loving God. I'm, I'm not loving Jesus because I didn't make my bed. Wow, that's harsh. But that turns the focus off of what do I want and what can I do to serve other people. So if you've been here for a long time, you might be thinking, yeah, Mark, I've heard this. I've heard this. I've heard this. I know it. Today, we're going to make a change. Okay, we're going to make a transition. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Rather than just me talking about it, I'm going to have you answer some questions. Because I think it's some time for us, if we want to be difference makers, if we want to go be transformed, if we want to go do something awesome, we first need to figure out how to be less about ourselves and put our focus on other people. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions. All right. You got a blank sheet of paper so y'all can write a lot. Okay. I'm going to ask you guys various questions and I actually want you to write something down to fill in this blank. All right. We're going to start with family. We're going to start with how can we focus on other people today? We're going to start with your family, okay? How can you focus on other people in your family instead of yourself? This week, how can you focus on others in your family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpas, whoever? Oh, y'all so cute. How can you focus <laughs> How can you focus on other people in your family? rather than yourself. I actually want you to write down something that you can do this week. Jot something down. Okay, here's the second one, okay? I want you to think of your schools and everything you're involved in school, whether it's sports, fine arts, academic clubs, whatever. Think of your school and all that you're involved with at your school. How can you focus on others at your school instead of yourself? If you're homeschooled, have fun. That's the same thing as being, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you can double dip on that one, Hannah. You should be saying thank you. <laughs> at your school today, what can you, or at your school this week, what can you specifically do? Maybe it's a person at your school that you can serve, or your coach, or your teacher, or somebody. What can you do to put someone ahead of you, put someone else before you at your school? All right, here's your next one. You ready? Think of the person you hate that you really don't like. That's your enemy. I'm thinking of someone. Don't worry. I got someone too. What can you do? And I, this is the question that I'm like, I don't want to answer this one. What can you do this week to put the person you really don't like ahead of you? What can you do this week to take that person that drives you up a freaking wall and actually focus on them instead of yourself? And before you go, Mark, I don't want to. Jesus says, love your enemy. So between you and the big guy. Look around the room. Some of you guys have been with each other for a butt long time. Some of you guys are like, who the crap is that person across from me? Look around the room. Here's my question for you. What's something, that, what's something you can do to put someone in this room ahead of you? In other words, what can you do to focus on someone here in this room more than yourself? It can literally be, I want you to go say hi to that person. It literally could be that. And if you do, I want you to actually do it. Not right now, but later. That'd be kind of cool. What's up, bro? Actually respond to Eli. Actually respond to Eli. That counts for school and SO. Look at you go, huh? So just so you guys know, I think a lot. I don't know if you guys know that. I think a lot. Sometimes it hurts, but I, I try to think sometimes. So I've been thinking a lot about this past week. Um, not about this past week. In this past week. About our youth group just in general, okay? In the last five years, we've had a lot of people graduate. 
some people that made some huge differences and impacts in this youth group. And some of those people I know you guys miss a lot. Also in those five years, we've had new people come in that they might not have filled the gap quite like that person has. We've done a lot of fun service activities. We've gone to Hope Rescue Mission. We've gone on various, we've gone on three missions trips plus a local serve project here. Uh, we sent actual care packages to the military. You guys remember that? That was two years ago when we did that. Oh, I got a letter. I don't know. I think I told you guys. I got a letter back from like one of the first people that actually received one of our care packages. That was kind of cool too. Uh, I got an email back from one of them. Um, we've done a lot of serve projects over the years here in SM. We've done a lot together. But in the last year or so, we've had a lot of interesting dynamics. The original crew who were still part of VT back in the day. I'm going to say it, Eli. I'm going to say it. The old VT crew, they kind of have moved up. And then there's this new crew that's coming along the side. And, and in our youth group, I don't want to say there's two different youth groups. because that's, that's not the case. But I feel like we're in a rebuilding time. I'm just being completely honest with you guys. I want you guys to, just, to realize that, that the youth group is not the same as what it was two years ago. We had a very powerful, dynamic group the last few years. We've graduated some great seniors, some great people, and I miss them greatly. Yes, even your brother. I miss your brother, too. <laughs> Kobe's like, just come to my house. You can see him. So, um, but I miss a lot of them. I really do. But here's the deal. What some of these seniors left behind was a legacy. And I want you to think, what's the legacy that I'm leaving behind? I'll use names. Um, there's a lot of people that made some big impacts in this youth group. Hannah, Hannah Smith made a really big impact, and she left a big, big hole when she left. Uh, another person that left that hole was Jagger. He left a very big hole when he left. He was a leader in this youth group. He stepped it up, and he killed it. It was fun to see Kirby and Haley step into those roles, and, and even Carly as well. Livia left a couple years ago. Um, last year, who else, who else graduated last year? Um, Jordan, Jordan Edgel left. Um, she graduated. Herma graduated as well. We've had a lot of great powerhouse teens that actually graduated and they left. But here's what made these guys so great. We're not going to remember Jagger for his drumming abilities, maybe. We're not going to remember Hannah for her, her guitar and singing abilities, even though she's phenomenal at those. But what we're going to remember these people by is the fact that, you know what? These people cared. These people actually made a difference in my life. They asked me how I was doing. They wanted to get to know me. They wanted to do this. And here's my question I have for you guys. Who's going to step up and take the torch? It doesn't have to be someone from SLT. In fact, I don't even know if it is someone from SLT. It can be just someone who's a sleeper cell, who's just hanging out, and they need to go do something and actually wake up and go be, be a difference. Every one of us has the ability to go and make a difference. And I'm not just talking about here in SM because it's so much bigger than just here in SM. But you guys can go and make a differences in your schools, in your communities, in your clubs, in your families. You guys can do so many awesome things that aren't youth related at all. And I know many of you guys actually do that already as well. I'm gonna brag on Eli for a second. The bro's building a house for Habitat Humanity right now for school. That's awesome. Building trades, yeah. And then guess what he's gonna do after that? He's gonna build me a house. Yay. Yay. But I know there's a lot of clubs at your guys' schools. I know there's the, uh, well, I accidentally said FFA, but there is the FFA. That legit is a club. But there's the FCA. There's a lot of Christian clubs that are trying to reach uh, uh, Young Life. I don't know if you guys have Young Life in your school or not. These clubs are trying to reach people for Jesus. Maybe you need to step up and join one of those. Maybe you guys need to start um, something like Veronica started a couple years ago with Clay. I know Morgan was a part of it as well. Was You guys raised, uh, you guys raised goods for the victims of the hurricane last year, right? You guys stepped up and said, we want to do this, so they did it. They raised, they, they actually went and got tons of food and supplies to ship down 
down south to help people in hurricanes. You guys don't have to, you guys can do that. Anybody can do it. Here's the question I have for you guys. What would your life be like if you decided to step up and make a difference? It's gonna hurt, it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna suck, you're not gonna like it. But here's the question I have for you. 20 years from now, when you turn back and look at your high school career, do you wanna say, that was a fun four years, but I really didn't do much with my life. Or you know what? That was hard four years. I heard a lot, but I did some amazing things. I stepped out in faith and Jesus did this and Jesus did this and Jesus did this. Look back in your college career and go, Jesus did this, Jesus did this. Or, or do are you going to say, look back at your college career. Like, actually, some of my best friends go, you know what? I got hammered this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, pretty much all four years straight. And they have nothing to show for it. You have the decision right now to do something amazing and powerful in your life. And it shouldn't be fueled by a pat on the back. It shouldn't be fueled by a Nobel Prize because you probably ain't ever going to get one. It probably will not be fueled by being as famous as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But I want to give you the same challenge that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was challenged with. He studied Jesus. He preached Jesus. He actually saw Jesus said, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And my question is, is what are you going to do? to love your neighbor as yourself. How are you gonna go and be a difference maker? Are you willing to go and be a difference maker?